Welcome to Comrade Burb's Working Class Revolution. Hey, hey, Comrade Burb coming at you with Kat again, and we're going to be talking today about some events from Chapter 2 of Howard Zinn's A People's History of the United States. If you're not already reading along with us, I strongly encourage it. Um, you can get it in paperback. There's a lot of used copies online. It's been um, in print since 1980. So you can find various editions. Try to get the latest one if you can. And you can also read it online for free um, at a website that I will put in the comments. But I'm very interested to hear what you wanted to highlight this week, Kat. Why, thank you. Um yeah, another great chapter. Um, I guess great... we should say the name of it, which is Drawing oh. the Color Line. I should have done that. So, there, that's done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, and uh, great as in incredibly informative and, um, and the information explains so much. Um, I like that at the very beginning he did say there is not a country in world history in which racism has been more important for so long a time as the United States. And um, uh, it very much goes on to prove it, but the, the, most, the most profound devastation that I found in this was... <clears throat> the the beginning of our police force. Um, there's a quote in here. It was an intricate and powerful system of control that the slave owners developed to maintain their labor supply and their way of life. A system both subtle and crude, including every device that social orders employ for keeping power and wealth where it is. Uh, as Kenneth Stamp puts it, and Kenneth Stamp is um, a historian that he quotes, uh, a wise master did not take seriously the belief that Negroes were natural-born slaves. He knew better. He knew that Negro Negroes freshly imported from Africa had to be broken into bondage, that each succeeding generation had to be carefully trained. This was no easy task, for the bondsmen rarely submitted willingly. Moreover, he rarely submitted completely. In most cases, there was no end to the need for control, at least not until old age reduced the slave to a condition of helplessness. Uh, there's one more in here that I forget. Um, oh, yes. In the Colonial Papers of England, a 1729 report from the Lieutenant Governor of Virginia to the British Board of Trade tells how a number of Negroes, about 15, formed a design to withdraw from their master and to fix themselves in the fastness of the neighboring mountains. They had no means to get into their possession. They had found means, my apologies, they had found means to get into their possession, some arms and ammunition, 
and they took along with them some provisions, their clothes, bedding, and working tools. Though this attempt has happily been defeated, it ought nevertheless, nevertheless, my goodness, to awaken us into some effectual measures. So, uh, yeah, sorry for all the tongue-tied today. Oh, it's uh, fine. <laughs> more coffee. But, but it's, it's right there. Uh, nevertheless, to awaken us into some effectual measures. Mm-hmm. What else is that other than policing? Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, as we know, modern day police departments mm-hmm. trace their roots back to slave patrols, you know, runaway yep. slave patrols. Yep. And that then right as here. industry in the North started taking hold, they were also strike breakers. Yes. And so the the job of the police has always been rooted in protecting the interests of the ruling class and controlling mm-hmm. the working class. And it goes mm-hmm. back right to the roots that you talked about. It's right there. You it's know? right there. And, and when we look at, you know, the Federalist Papers, James mm-hmm. Madison... In fe- oh, the Federalist Papers 10, outlines how the Founding Fathers always wanted a class-based society in which mm-hmm. the property rights of the rich were yeah. the top priority. It's, you know? it's, yeah, there's, it's not a coincidence that it, it was landowners, that male, white male landowners, that you, you had to be a capitalist. To participate. Yep. yep. You know, and when we think about the fact that, you know, all of these European immigrants coming to the new world, new mm-hmm. to them, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> had to, if they wanted to own land, which was the dream of many, they couldn't mm-hmm. do it all on their own. And they couldn't... Mm-hmm. They couldn't achieve their dreams without enslaving other people to do the labor for them. And the same holds true today in capitalism. Like you said, there's the roots of our modern-day police forces. And speaking of James Madison, here's, here's a little tidbit. Right. Slavery was immensely profitable to some masters. James Madison told a British visitor shortly after the American Revolution that he could make $257 on every Negro in a year and spend only 12 or 13 on his keep. Yeah. And what is that if it isn't? Look at CEOs who are making hundreds of times more in wages than their lowest paid workers are per hour. And in this case, going back in history, slaves were not compensated for their labor. They're slaves. That's why they're called slaves. You know, and there's different forms of slavery. That was chattel slavery back then. Now we have wage slavery in which people, you know, are obligated. We bring children into this system and spend 
their formative years preparing them, you know, the first couple decades preparing to participate. them to participate because otherwise you'll die or just be, you know, unhoused, which means you're going to die sooner. So, and it's interesting to me that all of the people who are pro-fetus and anti-abortion support this system in which you are expected to indoctrinate your child gesundheit, in the way of capitalism to make them another cog in the system. And it's just another form yes. of slavery. Certainly, yep. it's completely different. I'm not saying that wage slavery is morally equivalent or materially equivalent to chattel slavery but it is in fact I, a form of slavery right it's just it's just they've they've realized they got to give a little <laughs> and you know and i mean there's all kinds of academics who have been drawing the the lines between corporations mm -hmm. and prison labor right back to the plantations yeah what we have as an economic system here in the u.s today is just evolved plantations yes and it strikes Cor me that that is plantations the, right that's one of the many reasons why they don't want us knowing this history mm -hmm. because we can identify with this and we mm -hmm. can see that this is the basis of the socioeconomics we live in and they don't want right. us they don't want us knowing that they don't want us talking to one another about that you know and nope, they don't. So, yeah, yep. and and there's know. even <clears throat> there's there's even something in here where he. Yeah, I'll try and find it. Keep, keep talking. Yeah, the other thing I wanted to mention is. <laughs> I, I I'm just going to read the paragraph. Black yes. and white worked together, fraternized together. The very fact that laws had to be passed after a while to forbid such relations indicates the strength of that tendency. In 1661, a law was passed in Virginia that in any case, any English servant shall run away in the company of any Negroes, unquote, he would have to give special service for extra years to the master of the runaway Negro. In 1691, Virginia provided for the banishment of any, quote, white man or woman being free who shall intermarry with a Negro, mutalu, horrible old phrasing, or Indian man or woman, bond or free. So right back then, they understood. And I mean, as we get more into further chapters will be covering some of the rebellions that took place that were joint efforts on the part of blacks and whites at the time. Mm -hmm. And this is history they don't want us knowing because mm -hmm. we would see our common enemy mm -hmm. and it is not each other. Right. Right. <clears throat> the one thing they don't want is for us to band together. No. No, a united front of the working class spells their doom. It spells yep. their doom and they know it. <clears throat> and so, yet, 
<laughs> on that note, pitter patter. <laughs> That's right. Mine, uh, let me get the after Monday and Tuesday. Even <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> so, was there something else you wanted to? Ah, uh, no, not not at the moment. But that that quote was exactly what you just read. What was what I was thinking about? Yeah, with yeah. the yeah. Well, it's yeah. it's so. I mean, we look at how Black Lives Matter is such a controversial statement to some people. But when you think about the generations of indoctrination that we've all mm -hmm. been through, mm -hmm. they yep. feel threatened by it because the capitalists have tried to make us all enemies with one another and have, you know, given whites greater privileges financially, you know, economically, socially, so that we have something we fear losing and we can see how poorly oppressed peoples especially mm -hmm. you know black and indigenous people here in america in yeah. the u.s rather i should say you know um yes. we can see the poor treatment they've endured for generations yes and and i believe that white fears whether they're conservative or liberal, are rooted in the knowledge. Many of them will not admit that there's inequality, but they are terrified of being on the other side of oppression and othering. Right. And that's why we're seeing so much conflict and conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, you know, conspiracy theories reflect social anxieties mm -hmm. and they do and we've you know the the same basic formula you know has mm -hmm. been used just like you know <laughs> all of this QAnon with the save the children stuff they yeah, yeah. they are not dipping in they are dipping into no, some it's not all old the children just some because children. Yeah, because this is like blood libel mm -hmm. in the past. And mm -hmm. for those who don't know what that is, that is the conspiracy theory that uh, is anti-Semitic and states that Jewish people sacrifice and eat children or use their blood for rituals. There's been a variety of, of things. And anybody who wants to actually learn and become historically literate can find out that this is something that has come down through the generations. It's mm -hmm. nothing new and it's mm -hmm. always evil. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> I'm glad you brought that up because there, there, there was one more thing I wanted to talk about yeah. the Catholics. Mm -hmm. uh, in the year 1610, a Catholic priest in the Americas named Father Sandoval wrote back to a church functionary in Europe to ask if the capture, transport, and enslavement of African blacks was legal by church doctrine. A letter dated March 12, 1610 from Brother Louis Brandon to Father Sandoval gives the answer. Your reverence writes to me that you would like to know whether the Negroes who are sent to your parts have been legally captured. 
To this I reply that I think your reverence should have no scruples on this point because this is the matter which has been questioned by the Board of Conscience in Lisbon and all its members are learned and conscientious men. Nor did the bishops who are in San Tome, Cape Verde, and it's probably, oh, I pronounced that wrong. It's S O A T H O M E. Do you know the pronunciation on that? I, I'm not sure. Yeah. Cape Verde, and here in the Loando, all learned, all learned and virtuous men find fault with it. We have been here ourselves for 40 years. <clears throat> yeah, okay. We have been here ourselves for 40 years, and there have been among us very learned fathers. Never did they consider the trade as illicit. Therefore, we and the fathers of Brazil buy these slaves for our service without any scruple. And, of course, that brings us back into, you know, Brazil, South America, where, uh, yeah, the slave trade was already yeah. really going. So, I, yeah. Yeah. Well, and if you think about, you know, churches could be doing a lot more mm. to mm -hmm. bring about social justice. Well, and most of them don't. Some of them are trying. Mm -hmm. I, yep. I, I need to acknowledge that there are those trying. I, I, but I have a friend who is on the East Coast and um, not Catholic, Presbyterian, but um, mm -hmm. leader in his church and is a, a very vocal advocate of Black Lives Matter and for all oppressed voices. So right. I, they're few right. and far between, mm -hmm. and they're usually people who they would have been doing that work anyway, regardless right. of their association with any particular church, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Exactly. Um, but I feel like many of these cults, and I'm not sure if QAnon is amongst them, Oh, it, have a religious it's a cult. <laughs> well, right, but have a religious affiliation. It kind of does. Like, the, they, so, Laura Loomer threatened me on Twitter yesterday or last right. night. And she posted right. their, um, like, some bullet points of their beliefs, and there was definitely a religious aspect to it. You know, it, it, it's, um, you know, extremist christian from what i can see which well right you know, like the, the kind of like you know trump was sent by god kind of right right yeah 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 it's um the other thing that struck me from that quote is god, god doesn't um, exist just, <laughs> yeah. just, just, just um was it something and learned men from the yes. quote you said mm -hmm. You know, and I, it, it, you know, like they're relying on this, these, you know, intellectuals of the day to determine whether it is just to enslave other human beings. Well, we did it too, so it must be okay. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that is not, just because <sighs> an injustice has occurred on multiple occasions does not now justify it 
as a fair action. Right. It goes back to that, you know, um, it's, it's legal, but it's not moral. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. And, and look at, look at who everyone is relying on right now. All of these, you know, news commentators mm -hmm. and capitalist politicians, and they're eating it up because mm -hmm. people are terrified and mm -hmm. that's all they know. And they, yes. they've been told and indoctrinated for so long that looking outside of this system is dangerous and doesn't work. And they point to all of the examples of where attempts to build governments that serve the working class instead of the rich. Right. They say, look at those. Those have failed. Well, yeah, because the U.S. has gone in and sabotaged those. We'll get into that more but it, yeah. it just, you know, people, people mm -hmm. in general, it, you know, you have the Q cult, you have the MAGA cult, mm -hmm. but overall, there is a capitalist cult, and yes. it has its beginnings in this history, mm -hmm. and anybody who oh. is not historically literate in mm -hmm. people's history instead of mm -hmm. propaganda that protects the ruling class, anybody not literate in actual history is going to have difficulty recognizing that they are in a cult. And that's one of the reasons mm -hmm. that we're doing this series is to try yes. and help people. You know, we can't read the book for you, but we can give you some interesting points that will hopefully mm -hmm. help people to better understand why we're in the situation we are today, and also maybe decide to become historically literate for their own protection and the protection of the people they love. And hopefully those people will listen to them because not mm -hmm. everybody you love will listen to you. And I can mm -hmm. tell you that from personal experience. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, yeah. but I think, I think we've got some good coverage for today. What do you think? I think so, too. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll sign off for now. And uh, All right. if people would like to hear more from us, there's a, a audio podcast. You go to comradeburb.com. Um, I'm on most social media. Uh, Facebook's questionable because they are uh, taking down yeah. anything that they assume is anarchist, anti-fascist, or anti-capitalist. So yeah. that page may not be long for this world. Uh, we're going to try again to get the Mastodon server spun up this weekend. Um, my partner was not able to do it last weekend due to some more work intrusion on his personal time. Um, so hopefully we'll be able to manage it. But we, as I mentioned before we went on air, we are building a shed this weekend. So don't know if it'll Excellent. be right away. But we are yeah. working toward that Mastodon server. You can find us on Twitter. Instagram. Uh, there's a Comrade Burb Telegram channel. Um, I'll try to remember to put all of these links in the comments. Um, there's a contact forum on the website if you'd like to be a guest and come and discuss history with us or another subject. Um, just send us a message or email me at theburb at comradeburb.com. And I hope this is helpful and We'd love to hear from you. Thanks. Next.
next week's chapter, Persons in Meaning Vile Conditions. Thank you. <laughs> this is why I need a co-host, because my brain's always going 10 steps ahead and missing a few in between. <laughs> so. yeah, I, oh, good. Awesome. I, I'm loving it. Thank you for that. Thank you. Me too. <laughs>